0: So, remembering the long trip and the bit of work on each end, he fished out a quarter and thanked the driver. Then he turned his attention toward the tall, dark-featured man behind the counter. In what way may I help you? I'd like a room. Just one person? Yes, I'm by myself. Alone. For how many nights? Several. At least a week. The man paused. Oh. You are here to visit? Yes. I'm an artist, drawing and painting. I like the solitude in the landscapes. The man's eyebrows went up. Oh, there is much of that here. That's very good. Devon motioned with his chin toward the counter. Do you wish me to sign in? No, this is a small inn. We'll know you. And to pay? When you are ready to leave. Devin drew a five dollar gold piece from his pocket and laid it on the counter. Let me give you this as a surety. The man barely looked at it. Do you serve meals? Oh yes. Do you care to eat now? In a little while. Very well. The man showed a skeleton key and then hit a bell that gave a loud ping. Federico will show you to your room. A short, lean man in a dull white shirt appeared. He took the key lifted the two bags, and walked toward a hallway that led deeper into the building. Devon followed, turning when the man did and then taking one slow step at a time as the man banged his way up the stairway. Down another hall that ran parallel to the one below, the man stopped at a door and clacked the key into the lock. He pushed the door open, carried the bags into the room, and set them on a foot rug. Then he stood back half a step. Thank you, said Devon as he gave the man a dime. At your service. The man handed him the key, then closed the door behind him as he left. Devon crossed the room to the window, pushed the curtains aside, and looked. As the low mountains shimmered in the distance, he thought, this was what he had come for. Vastness, solitude, melancholy as in the old poems about the country churchyard and the deserted village. Far from the madding crowd's ignoble strife, where an unseen rose might waste its fragrance on the desert air. Two oil lamps had been lit when he entered the small dining room. He sat at a table, alone, in a quiet place, or almost alone, for as he looked around he saw a painting of the Virgin of Guadalupe with her radiant, shell-like background and in an unlit corner of the room he saw a pale bird, something like a cockatiel, shifting on its perch in a wire cage. The man who had carried his bags to the room appeared, with a small drab towel on his suspended forearm. Do you care for dinner now? Yes. Very well, I'll bring it. Do I have choices? The cook prepares the meal of the day. From the gender of the noun, Devon imagined a woman with her hair in a single braid stirring a large pot. That's fine, he said. A few minutes later, Frederico returned with a large steaming bowl. As he set it down, Devon saw chunks of meat and boiled grains of hominy. Sopa? Soup? Basole? The waiter left. He came back in a minute with a small plate of diced onions, shredded cabbage, "'and sliced radishes in one hand "'and a cloth bundle of corn tortillas in the other. "'He set the things down and stepped back. "'Something else?' "'Devin touched the plate of cut-up vegetables. "'Does this go into the pozole?' "'Yes. Do you wish for anything else?' "'Is there beer?' Federico gave him a sad look. "'No, there isn't. "'But if the gentleman wishes, "'there is a place that dedicates itself to that.' He drew his brows together and nodded. Not far away. Devin smiled. After the meal, then. Anything else for the moment? No, thank you. Provecho. Enjoy your meal. Devin stood at the bar and drank a glass of beer. He supposed it was early yet, as only two other men were in the cantina. One of them, the bartender, was a large, round-shouldered man whose left eye twitched. He didn't say much and stayed at his end of the bar. The other man, not very neatly dressed, was strumming on an instrument very similar to a mandolin and getting settled on a stool against the wall.